Hi again, everybody, and welcome into PNC Studios at Hallisoff for this week's edition of Bears All Access. It is brought to you by IGS Energy, Jeff Joniak, and my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer. Alumni weekend, Tom. There's a, apparently a record number of alumni coming to the game. And by the way, we're going to be joined here uh, by Nick Williams. He'll be coming up at uh, just a short while from now. The Bears defensive lineman making an impact, and we'll need to on Sunday against the Vikings. But uh, at the bounce on the 100, I think, I think 100. 35 yep. alumni going to show up at the alumni dinner on Saturday, and they're all welcome to attend the game. And there's almost 400 fam, uh, family and friends going to be there from these guys. Yeah. So kind of cool. I think there's lingering impact from that 100-year celebration that we had during the middle of the summertime. And I think it's lingered a little bit with the the modern-day players and lingered with the alumni for sure. Um, it was exciting to have an alumni outing after that event, and we had a record number show up. And, again, you know, it, it's about being proud to be an alumni of the Bears and I think that's the key ingredient here and um, when you see the special within the last couple weeks of Mrs. McCaskey and the three other heads of state in the <laughs> NFL it's another impressive portion of why you're proud to be an alumni here. Do you think the gathering at the 100 sparked in some of these guys that you know what I, ha I have this personal uh love affair with this football team because I poured my heart into it as a player and now I'm really respecting what the organization has done, what they're doing, how they've always been reaching out. Maybe I need to be a part of this a little more. I think it's the combination. Uh, there's a lot of quality people within the organization, both of the supporting staff and the players that you got to play with, that you really take an interest in their life, and you create a friendship that's longer than just the time of period you played with the Bears. And um, when you get a chance to maybe come back and reintroduce to a moment, even the guys that we have a chance to see that we broadcasted their careers, and now you have a chance to socially talk to them a little bit easier because it's not pre-game it's not post-game it's not losing or winning it's just about you know family and and how have you how are you moving on and what what what's taking place in your life now well it's a perfect matchup because uh, i have a feeling this is going to be like the old nfc central you played in tom yep. uh, black and blue ball up your fist put on your big boy pads kind of game uh, the weather's expected to be a little rainy these teams you know, the Vikings are clearly one of the best run teams in the league right now offensively. They like to stop the run. Bears are outstanding at stopping the run. They like to run the ball a little more. Do you get the sense that's going to be the case today? I do. I, I, I think it's going to be like the old-style game you're talking about, grass stains on the front of your uniform and on the back <laughs> of your uniform, the cleat cleaners out there when they go for timeouts and putting a little extra air in your helmet, making sure you got your mouth guard. And, um, but, you know, the stadium of the Chicago Bears has taken on a different reputation than maybe just as much as a year ago because I don't think teams really worried about coming in here and the noise effect of Soldier Field. Vikings have over the years. They've had a well, tough time here. Yeah, they they have, but I think last year it's taken on a whole different monster attitude. So now when teams come here and they talk about their ability to communicate on the line of scrimmage, there is real concern for it because how much the crowd has been inserting themselves. We have concern about that when the Bears go play the Minnesota Vikings inside that terrarium. When they come to this outdoor stadium and you have a natural grass field and it's different to the specialists there because they just don't play outdoors that much. I, I do think that the Bears stadium is a different weapon than it's been in the so past. So how can they work this place in no frenzy like they did at the Thursday night opener, first three series, it was deafening. The defense was feeding off it. They were ferocious getting after Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And then a couple of big plays took the air out of the balloon. They lost it. 
how can they keep it in this game against the Vikings and start with that same kind of venom? If, if a big play does happen to them, then keep up the aggressiveness and the ferociousness that they did early in the game. Because, yeah, every quarterback in the league is going to have a big play against you. But how do you react to that? And I think that's one of the keys here is, how can the defense rebound from, you know, maybe being exposed to a big play? But I also think this is an entirely different defense than the first time the Bears fans saw him at home. I think playing in, against the Green Bay Packers here, going on the road twice, being able to develop more continuity between the first line of defense and the second line and how they support each other, how the inside linebackers are playing, how Learning better. about Buster Screen, he's a yeah, very aggressive exactly. and good blitzer. And Clinton Dix, for that matter. Yeah, with the, uh, they, you know, they put, uh, put it out there. We'd like three takeaways last week, so they got five. So maybe they're going to keep dangling that bait. That, that was from the coaching staff. They, they challenged these guys from Matt on down to start taking the ball away. And, you know, frankly, you get a few of those against the Vikings, uh, that would be outstanding. He's only thrown two interceptions. Kirk Cousins only been sacked twice, but they fumbled a lot. Most fumbles in the league. They only lost two of them, but they fumbled eight times in the first three games. Is that inviting? It, it's got to be, you know, because there's two fumbles that I can remember right now over the course of this early season, one by Aaron Rodgers and one by uh, Case Keenum last week. Both of the times the quarterback fumbled, but the ball fell right in front of them and they were able to drop on it. So, I mean, there's a couple of opportunities that you have to create, and I think the Bears can do it because – they can be disruptive at the point of the handoff. And that's, you know, when you get a keem on a one-on-one or you get a big push by Roy Roberts and Harris up, they can be disruptive well, in the well, backfield. And that is critical with Dalvin Cook. Now, Bears did an unbelievable job against him last year, 21 for 50. If you come out of the game at 21 for 50, you're winning, you're winning the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in order to do that, you can't let – he hits it hard all the time. So, But you make him stop or you get that penetration with the guys up front. And we don't know if Akeem's going to play. It'll be a game-time decision. It'll be a, It's a huge piece, obviously, of that puzzle. But if they get the penetration, you can get him to stop his feet, and he doesn't have that kind of – gear to get it up and going right away again that would be to me the most critical thing at the line of scrimmage yeah you know as too is the responsibility of the bears defensive lineman if so klein the guard is out he's already on the injury report they have a rookie center dakota dozier is is the right guard right so and they have a rookie center so now right there spot of vulnerability now if the defensive lineman if they can go up and do their job better than anybody else and that's what i mean occupying two d offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage and don't get pushed off i mentioned a little while ago about danny trevathan and roquan smith they can run as well as anybody they can tackle in the open field as well as anybody so that defensive line can set that standard for those linebackers and allow them to run and be you know, uh, you know, heavy contact against um, Dalvin Cook at the line of scrimmage. Do they, immediate, do they immediately have the benefit of play action because of Cook's performance in the first three weeks? Because that's their game. It's a Gary Kubiak influence. He is now the advisor offensively <laughs> to uh, this team, and, and it's his marks and his handprints are all over it. Yeah, how can you not? Because if you're going to go up to the line of scrimmage and Dalvin Cook is in the backfield and the quarterback is either directly behind the center or in a shotgun position, everything's going to flow through the running back. And then you got to read to the quarterback quickly. But a lot of times that read, that read is being done by the defensive linemen and how they're being blocked. They can read run pass immediately, and then that changes their approach. And just like the back end of the defense, they're going to be reading everything through the offensive line 
to the head of the quarterback, to the running back. Conversely, uh, the Vikings are good at stopping the run, but they're good at everything. It's a 4-3 and the two ends, once they get you in third and long, and they've been very good at getting teams in that, they like to just let them loose, and they are two of the best, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. When they're on, they're on. They've already combined for five sacks and a bunch of hits on the quarterback, a ton of pressures. You know, these, these are, are challenge guys, so how do you – Mute that a little bit. Well, how you mute that? You mute it with a good run game, maybe the screen game, and, you know, getting some big chunks. So you, right there you gave me a five-minute description of what the defensive ends do well for the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings, and I, and I agree with you. But what am I never going to let them do? I'm never going to let them do what they do well. So if I'm going to run the ball, it's going to be directly at them with force, with trapping, with cutting from H-backs, from tight ends to offensive linemen, from, you know, to whoever can block these guys. And that's just the, that's the key is there is you never want to let those guys – you know, feel you know, feel the comfort zone where they're only doing what they're they really want to do and what they're good at. All right, we got a lot more to discuss about this matchup. It's one of the intriguing ones in the National Football League here in week four. A critical game when you think about it for the Bears, and it's been talked about by Matt Nagy. We'll tell you about his approach when we come back. And coming up with the program, Nick Williams, the Bears defensive lineman, to join us as well. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with Paul Zeranger, engineer. And Dan Barilli, our producer. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer with you from PNC Studios here at Hallisaw, getting ready for the Vikings. And it was a little bit out of character, Tom, I thought, with Matt Nagy, because Tuesday morning, big game. That's not typically what he does because you don't want to bet too much in one game. He feathered it out over the course of the week, muted out a little bit to the players, didn't want to bang it over the head. But the fact of the matter is, back to training camp, the importance of division home games was pounded into their head. You already lost one. Now a second one would make it very challenging in terms of winning a division. Doesn't mean you can't, but it is rare. It's rare if you lose two home games. And that's the weird math of the National Football League because you say that, but I'm always one, hey, after Thanksgiving, knocking on December's doors when the, the cream rises and the teams begin to separate, that's where I always look at it. I, I follow the lead of Bill Belichick. That's how Tom Brady and Bill Belichick think. They don't worry about all that, but maybe but, you have to. You know, every single day you walk into the building, something's going to happen that you don't know is going to happen, whether it's with the Bears or around the league. So last night you sat there. I know you did. You're a football fan. You sat there and you watched that Green Bay Philadelphia. Well, you told game. me there was no way the Philadelphia. I I, I, th- I thought there was no way Philadelphia had, had a stance because they, they ran been, the ball. They complained so much in the last couple of weeks about their injuries, um, about you know getting certain people back, about not being able to go out and have practices, just having walkthroughs and stuff. But maybe they, you know, maybe they solved the pu- the puzzle. However, is when you go back there and you think about everything that this game means to the future of the Bears, then you go out there and when you go out there and you start looking what happened around your division, it oh. kind of changes things Jeez, a little bit. Tom, you knock out the Vikings, you're 3-1, and one, tied for the division lead. You're going to London to take on the Raiders, albeit not as easy as everyone makes it seem. No. But if you come back from London after the bye week, again, you're, putting, you're getting ahead of the game a little bit here. I understand. But thinking ahead, if you were to say the Bears could be in that position, say say they could get to 4-1 and one going into that game at Soldier Field out of the bye week, you're thinking, okay, 
We took the deep breath. We got ourselves back on center. We're still growing. We still had a lot of offensive growth to make. That would be a dream scenario. But it's also what I expected. I really yeah. thought the Bears were this good of a football team that would be better from the beginning of the season that would be in this position, that they would either be undefeated at this point or, or go into the bye week with a loss. And I really didn't think they would have a loss. I, I was that confident in them. Um, but, it, but you, you know, you're right. This is a division game. It's at home. Uh, I think the crowd support for the Bears is going to be as I loud as it, I, I mean, think it was I, as loud as it was last year. And you know, as as much as a lot of the Bear, a lot of people were turned not turned away or just so dissatisfied well, were, with, yeah, with they, the Green were, Bay outcome, yeah. they're able to come back because they see the team getting better. It's not like they played, you know, like they have, and they're just getting worse from there. I think they've showed in- incremental signs of improvement each week. Let's talk about the offense because they will not have Taylor Gabriel out with a concussion after his three-touchdown performance. Uh, you know, he talked a lot about becoming more of a professional in this offseason, wanting to be more of a leader and getting that connection. Anytime there's a connection between Mitch and any of his skill position players, that's a part of that growth, like the continuity and the, and the chemistry needs to continue to develop because he may cut the three touchdowns in Washington, but he is very well. If he was healthy, he may not have even got a target this week because that's how Matt Nagy rolls. Right. Don't know who is going to be the guy that he's going to try and create the mismatches with against the Vikings. But the next man up philosophy, maybe, maybe we see Riley Ridley. I don't know. Maybe he's activated, but Javon Wims had a very good game in that week 17 against the Vikings and showed what he's capable of doing if he gets an opportunity. If, you know, if I knew I was going to bat and it was going to be um, A-Rod, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Javon Wims, those were going to be my three widest of the widest receivers and slot receiver, I'd be okay with that. I like what Taylor has offered since he's come here to the Bears. He gives you that element of speed. He's got great willingness to catch it in traffic, and then he high-pointed that football the other day with feet concentration. It was impressive. But I do see... Anthony Miller wanting to have more responsibility given to him so it could be challenging him to be a better player. Every time Javon Wims has gotten into a game, even last year in Minnesota at the end of the season, he's played well. He's got catches. He's a big body. So, And everybody knows what Allen Robinson has been doing since the beginning of the year. So I, I'm, I'm confident in what they're going to bring out I, I there. I love the connection between Mitch and Allen Robinson in the middle of the field. You know, uh, that's that's an outstanding the, 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 the vision that he has and the ability to shield defenders and make plays, whether it be slants or hard in cuts or post patterns. That's a that that is something to build on. Oh, yeah. In the past. You know, every throw that Mitch has, every throw to a different wide receiver, it's it's a b- great building experience. And. When you talk about Mitch, you know, we're going to be talking about the word building and Mitch three years from now, right. four, years, four years from now, and that's the way quarterback careers go. And, you know, I try to bring up the equation of um, Steve Young's career because I, I was parallel with him out of BYU through the USFL when he was in Tampa Bay onto the San Francisco 49ers. And if you wanted to judge his career in the first two years, you would have never heard of Steve Young. Then you think about Steve Young in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So. Well, look at look at Kirk Cousins. He's 84, 86 million dollar quarterback, right? He's shown only 63 passes this season. If he if it ferrets out over the course of the year, it'll be the fewest 
average per game throwing the ball in the NFL. This is a quarterback that the last four years, Tom, has hit that somewhat magic number that everybody wants of 4,000 yards passing. He, he well over 4,000 for four consecutive years. Right. Now he does throw a lot of interceptions. And they're trying to keep the ball out of his hands at the moment because they love their running game. I don't know if they're trying to keep it out, but they're trying to minimize, you know, mistakes. And so your job is never done as a quarterback. You're constantly evolving, and they're evolving oh. to you. Look at, you know, you, you look at Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, how much excitement there was about them and how they were going to be this, that, and the other thing. And they were for a bit, and then they trail off, and now you don't know. And that is the quarterback position unless you're one of the greats. Well, you know, like Matt says, he's worried. He's concerned about letters, not numbers. And that's all W's. And so, I mean, that's what you're going to have to do is when you're a team and you're developing and you have a young guy like Mitch Trubisky, it is about being patient with his development because you're not going to claim a success or a failure within one week's you know, even last year after the Tampa game, it wasn't like, right. oh, this problem solved, you know, on to bigger and better things now. All right, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, this is Bears All Access, and it's brought to you by IGS Energy. One thing I want to say about the Vikings offense, because, yes, it is run-centric at the moment, but they could flip, you, flip the script on you and make you play left-handed, as they like to say, at any moment, because they do have weapons. Right. Stefan Diggs, if you fought – the guy's been targeted 12 times. He's caught six balls, two for big plays for touchdowns. Doesn't mean he hasn't been open. They're just not targeting him at the moment. That guy could go off at any time. Limiting the big play against this team with Adam Thielen, this guy, and, you know, they, they get Irv Smith Jr. involved for the first time, and he is almost like their third receiver right now. He's a 6'2 tight end. He's not, he's not a big, thick guy, an inline blocker, but can do it. This is a guy who can catch the football. So he's another guy to, to look out for in that play-action game. And, you know, he's been around a long time, and he's a big target, and big targets are friendly to quarterbacks is Kyle Rudolph. So they got plenty to have you worry about. Right. I'm Just the, the two interior receivers, when you talk about Irv Smith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph, you're talking about losing the, the size matchup. Because I don't know if the Bears have two guys that can go up there and match up with Kyle Rudolph, who's six six. You know, six, he's six. not going to be covered by uh, Aaron Lynch. He's going to be covered by guys that have different responsibilities, just like Irv Smith. And he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. All right, we'll talk more about the matchup between the Vikings and the Bears. Looking forward to it Sunday at Soldier Field. We're going to have it for you, starting with a noon pregame and a three twenty five kickoff before. It becomes a very interesting week. We'll delve into the London experience with Tom. I know he cannot wait to go <laughs> to London to see the Bears uh, and the Raiders. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, tomorrow's game against the Vikings is brought to you by the Bears' proud partner, Beggar's Pizza. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will be joined by Nick Williams, the Bears' defensive lineman, coming up. Paul Zoranger, engineer, with Dan Brilli helping us out as well from PNC Studios here at Hallis Hall. Brought to you by IGS Energy. So you got you get through this game and... Let's just take a look at London a little bit oh, because, man. you know, it, things are going to be rapidly moving after the game. Yep. I mean, you get, it's, a, it's a weird week. It's going to be it's, you're going to go off schedule a little bit. Um, everybody's used to it now in the league. It's been going on for a long time. The Bears have been there once, and and you're not a huge fan of it just no. because of what it, the toll it might take on a guy uh, as they travel six hours there and who knows how long back because there's always this urgency to get there, but. <laughs> You know, now you're in foreign territory trying to get back. Remember the last time we went there, we stayed on the at the airport for quite some time waiting to take off, and it just lengthens the whole thing. It affects sleep patterns and whatever else may be. People may not think it's a big deal. Oh, come on, it can't be that bad. 
just put it in context for a player like yourself. If you were in this position. Well, you know, it's more of a business concern than it almost is a concern for the players because they want to amplify the brand in right, the I'm, NFL. I'm ta- right. I want but you to take I, okay. it from me. You as a guy, right. like you're starting right guard okay. next Sunday in London. So you're going to play the game 325 on Sunday. Um, you're going to, you know, go through your post-game paces and get ready to try to put in a game plan against a team you're not all, all familiar with. You haven't seen the Raiders in a couple of years. This group of guys have not ever prepared for the Raiders. So now you're going to go on a short week. You're going to leave here on Thursday. You're not going to have the normal amount of meetings and preparation to get ready for a team that you really don't know very well. So that's the one aspect of it. If you're a player and you're going in there and say something happens in the Minnesota game, then you're playing a guy or a couple of guys that don't have a great deal of experience just like Oakland could possibly be doing that. And now that you're talking about it, kind of an interrupted approach to who, how, what position do these guys play, what is their importance, and the, how does it factor out in the game planning offense and the, offensively and defensively, and you got to concern yourself with those. <clears throat> and then just the fatigue of the travel there and the travel back. Um, you know, again, I, I played in London, I played in Germany, I played in Sweden, I played in Ireland. I mean, I, we've we've done them all. So. Did, did you did you like all of those excursions as a player, as a younger guy? First of all, the incentive in those trips is we did them during the preseason. Okay. So when we went to an international trip, yeah, we didn't practice twice a day. We got to only practice once a day. So that was the big reward. So, yeah, let's get out of Platteville. Let's go to <laughs> whatever foreign country we were going to go into and only practice once. But now it's the regular season. Yeah. It's different. The, the window, the hours, the time consumption, the fatigue is amplified. I just, you, you know, you... You're more aware of it. I, I know you have a. You know you're kind you of. Have are, a, you're kind of a fuddy duddy. No, I'm not. <laughs> you have a. You have a bye game on the. Hey, listen. I know. I know. <laughs> go play. Go play regular season games in Hawaii. Keep them in the United States. Allow the let allow the budget there to get supported by the NFL. Are you going to be in a good mood for once over there? Come on. Yeah, I Let's will. Let's have some fun. Yeah. What? Let's have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Let's, uh, the one thing is, you. It, it, it isn't. It, I love it. I, I love it. I, I think it's totally cool that we're going to be calling a game in Tottenham Stadium, brand new. No game's ever been called there in the National Football League. It's just a different environment. It's 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 cool. I like it. Well, I mean, it, it, <laughs> but you don't like you have a you just don't like traveling like that either. You just you get cramped up. You 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 like you can't sleep. You're you know you get ordered. well. You know, it's in football. You you get into um, an itinerary week. Yeah, and you know whenever that you have to make adjustments and that's with family with tickets with be you know being away from home for a few days for the single guys and how they have to make sure that everything's coordinated um you know it's just it's just weird to attach all that to a regular season game so a, a really good effort against the vikings a real feel-good victory would certainly do well and serve them well to hop on that plane and go over the over the pond so to speak I mean, the, hey, yeah, I mean, that's got to be your biggest focus week yeah. in and week out, whether you're playing the Oakland Raiders or the Minnesota Vikings, because if you go there and you don't have full concentration about just taking care of the business this weekend and you're trying to think ahead, you're just going to get yourself in trouble. So go there, be prepared to play at 325 on Sunday, get the job done. And, yeah, you know, it'll – It'll it'll make you know getting on the plane a lot easier. This is Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff and Tom with you. Uh, Nick Williams joining the program. Coming up, the Bears defensive lineman as the Bears prepare for uh, what is going to be a really rugged football game, in, in my opinion. Looking at the offensive line, Tom, 
Uh, Matt Nagy didn't need to say many words. It was very brief. Right. We, we expect more. They expect more. How, how are you analyzing the performance thus far of the offensive line through three games? And how can they work in tandem to get that run game percolating? It's not just the backs, obviously. It's, it's the offensive line and the other elements of it, from the tight ends helping out to the receivers blocking downfield. Well, you know, you can't have any imperfections in the exact timing and the way each play is choreographed because their work to such a specific, everybody's got to fit in perfectly. And it's really disruptive and hard to do that when you come away from stadiums like Denver and Washington. Yeah, you played the Green Bay game. That's the first game of the year, no preseason. And, you know, you, you, you just have to have better organization, better timing, better understanding of how everybody's going to work together. And then when you get examples of it on tape, you have a chance to really improve yourselves because there's a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more examples up on the screen that you can make sure things are, are working more perfectly and I think the longer this offensive line plays together I think the better they're going to become even I, though I, they were five guys that are all starting again but in different spots is that still take some time the continuity of that yeah every year it does you know because you know the my uh, Montgomery Davis they see it completely different now you're not only working with the choreographedness of the offensive line and the tight ends how does that running back see it how does he interpret how those blocks are going to flow to the second level and when I see um James Daniels from week one to this week, he's a much better player um, at the end of the, this Washington game than he was at the start of the, the Green Bay game. Then when I look at runs by David Montgomery, I see David Montgomery, how he can interpret how the play is going to unfold to the second level, and then the running well, my back My favorite play be. was uh, he, he started out the 25-yarder that was big in the fourth quarter, right. that, uh, part of the four-minute offense <laughs> that, that you uh, like to tweak a little bit. But, you know, just – Going down the line, the, the, you know, you want to go point of attack, but you don't want to bang your head against the wall if it's clearly not going to be there. And he's, like, going through the gaps. He goes to the backside, what they call the A gap, and boom, 25 yards. Right. The vision. Well, that's uh, ex that's an experienced vision right there for a rookie, in my opinion. The more of a reputation the Bears get to run the ball well, the more you're going to see eight-man fronts. And so that always means there's going to be one extra tackler according to the blocker. So if you win the point of attack, then there's no decision. that The decision's being blocked for you and made for you. But if you are willing to go to that backside cutback like Mon like Montgomery did, then you're going to take on that one tackler, but you should have an advantage. It should be a defensive back. It should be a guy that's trying to occupy a lot of space. So I just think the, the quicker the running back can make the decisions along with the offensive line, both segments are going to get better together. What's your opinion of the Bears' screen game at the moment? Because that's a deadly weapon, especially against a defense like the Vikings, I would think. I think they're, when they run their quick screens, they get out there immediately, and it, they're not trying to be deceptive against the defense. They're just trying to get blockers in front of a ball carry. I think they're running them really efficiently. The receivers are doing a good job of blocking as well as the offensive line who are getting out there then downfield. Some of the deceptive screens, I think across the board in the NFL, they're really being difficult to run. They take too long? They take too long, and the defensive linemen and linebackers are not dumb. They've seen them so many times now throughout the generations of the NFL. As soon as they win something too easily, bam, they're thinking something different. I'm either getting trapped or they're screening away from me. And, you know, defensive linemen, you got to give them credit because the more reps they see, whether it's against their own guys or anybody else they're getting ready to face, they got a better understanding of how those types of plays Were run. you guys a good screen team? Yes. Yeah. We are good Precision. at Precision. 
we are good at screens because we ran the ball so well. And there are so many guys that were concerned about stopping Walter Payton in the run. As soon as he faked to the line of scrimmage and then we are escaping out to the outside to get a block out there, people were chasing Walter. People were in the backfield. But Walter, you know, he's a great job of reading and running them. Yeah, when it's run nice uh, and it's precise, boy, it's beautiful to watch. No question. Same thing as I love. I love the tackle sweeps. I love the pulling sweeps. I love those. They're really fatiguing, things. though. We were playing Tampa once, and it was about 100 degrees. The first or second play of the game, we op- we went down. We had like a 63-yard screen to Walter. It was so fatiguing, it was hard to recover <laughs> for a couple series. Really? Yeah. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Hey, join Bears Care and Advocate Health Care in raising funds for programs supporting Chicago-area breast cancer patients and their families. Purchase your real Bears fans. Wear pink shirts at chicagobears.com slash pink. And being around the organization for this long, this is a great, great charity, Tom. And uh, we all have a closet full of these shirts over the years. So go and get yours. They're long sleeves this year. Yep. But you're a sweater, so he'll probably cut them off. Nick Williams joining us, Bears defensive lineman, kind enough to spend some time with us getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, good to have you on this uh, team because uh, Tom and I appreciate lunch bucket guys. Yeah. We, we, I, I always point out the guys that bring their lunch pail and nothing's given. they got to earn it. And the guys who take the journey the way you did, you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's giving you anything. No. So congratulations on your success being here for a couple years now and and already resonating in the locker room. Forget about what's happening on the field for a minute, but you're clearly important to the guys in your room and in the locker room. So how does a guy like yourself, who's bounced around a bit, Mm -hmm. do that so quickly? Uh, I think it's just uh, what Matt Nagy talks about, just being yourself. Just be you. You know, uh, nothing nothing, uh, more, nothing less. You know, guys kind of gravitate to – other guys being real, you know, you can kind of pick up when a guy's like trying to do too much or be outside outside of himself. So I just uh, be myself. And how, I mean, how does that? Tra- how how would people? How would you describe yourself then to those who don't know you in the locker room? I mean, I'm a fun, funny guy. You know, I, I bring some <laughs> I bring some jokes out every once in a while. You know, and but I'm a guy that I can I can talk to anybody in the locker room. You know, uh, all the way from uh, Chase Daniel. That's my guy from KC. Right. Yeah, you guys uh, are teammates. All, all the way down to whoever whoever else is, is in the locker room. I could, I could speak to and talk to any, anybody in the locker room. So that's what I kind of pride myself on. You know, you think your past experience, what Kansas City, Miami, Pittsburgh, all, all good football teams and good defensive tradition. Mm-hmm. But now you're here, you're making an impact. After you couldn't make those teams, you're here making an impact on one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Are you are you surprised yourself, or did you always know you had this in you? No, I always I always knew I had had it in myself. You know, I, I always prepared like I was like I was going to start, or if I was a starter, even though I was probably on the practice squad in Pittsburgh, in Kansas City, I was behind Don Terry Poe, Jay Howard, uh, Alan Bailey. I was behind those guys, so you kind of get lost in the mix, lost in the shuffle. But I always stayed prepared and knew. Uh, the type of player I was. So you, you play basketball till your senior year in high school, correct? <laughs> yeah. If you would have continued playing basketball, were you a good enough player to play at Samford, S-A-M-F-O-R-D, <laughs> where you went to college to play football? Heck no, man. <laughs> so what, what, that's, that's kind of what I'm more interested in. Okay, yeah. if you, were, you, you, know, you played basketball up until that point. But now, Nick, I look at you. You're freaking huge. Mm-hmm. You got yeah, you, yoked up. You got arms the size of legs. And you transfer from basketball to playing football at Samford. How did all that click in for you? 
Man, I was just uh I thought I was gonna be like six eight and then uh my senior my senior year going into my senior year I just stopped growing and I was like I looked at my dad and he was like, uh, you better go out for the football team. So uh I went out for the football team and most of my friends that I hung out with in high school played football. So I was like, Man, I'm gonna go out for the football team. So go out for the football team. I had like a we played uh, against Hoover High School, if you ever heard of them, the two a day show. Right. Uh they used to come on M T V. So we played against them. I had like a pick six at DN, and I was like, man, I, I guess I'm pretty good. And then uh, Pat Sullivan recruited me out of Sanford. It was his first year at Sanford, going into his second year coaching uh, Sanford. He recruited me and uh, gave me a scholarship, and uh, the rest is kind of history. So if you thought you were going to be 6'8", and you weren't, you grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. When you started playing football, did you think you were going to Alabama? No, because <laughs> at that when I was coming up, when I was coming through high school, guys had started. Um, guys that were in high school started. Uh, they started committing to uh, to these big schools. So when you got a guy that's just played his senior year, I got letters from all of the big schools: South Carolina, Auburn, Ole Miss, Alabama, and they just said they wish they would have had more uh, film on me. But I got letters from. They asked you to them. walk on. Yeah, yeah. They asked me to walk yeah. on, and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna just stay here." And Sanford's in Birmingham, where, where I grew up, where I was born and raised. So it, it was just a, it was just a win-win for me. You know, along everybody's journey into the league, and and, and obviously, I didn't play because I also thought I was gonna be six eight. I just wanted to get to five eight, which I never did. <laughs> I just to get to okay, I'm five seven and a half, and I'll oh, take yeah. that half. Oh yeah. But we hear no in our careers, right? And uh, I have a boss now that said no to me many years ago you weren't you weren't ready so in all of these situations with all these teams you had to hear no you, mm -hmm. you know you, you didn't make those teams yeah for whatever reason how much hurt were the no's or how much did they drive you and did you agree with the no's in any of those cases uh you never want to agree with the no's uh some one i mean like some of the no's you kind of know like hey maybe maybe it wasn't my time maybe i'm not i'm not kind of ready but i never get down i never got down and out about hearing no, being cut here, cut there. I just kind of pressed on forward. You know, I'm a huge believer. So uh, I never I never got down and out about, hey, man, Pittsburgh doesn't want you. Hey, Kansas City doesn't want you. Hey, Miami doesn't want you. So you kind of like – and a normal guy would kind of be like, oh, crap. Like right. maybe I need to go find like a, a, a regular job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just kind of worked it in my head. Hey, man, this is going to work out. Because I'm because I'm working too hard. Like I'm working too hard in the off season. I'm putting in the work, and it just takes it just takes that right team, right opportunity. Did, did well, you know? We see you know we see the HBO special. We see the moment. Some mm -hmm. guys, they hey, you know, thank you. You worked really hard. We really, you know, we'll give you a good recommendation. Did you ever have the time to ask what you didn't have that they were looking for, what you needed to work on, or does that conversation? Not happen in the National Football League. No, it happens all the time. Yeah. They tell you they tell you what you need to what you what you need to work on. Uh they <laughs> was there anything that resonated you you're laughing, so something must have made you laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like I like <laughs> You don't have to name names, but like I remember I remember one team telling me I'm not gonna name names. I remember one team telling me that my football IQ wasn't high enough. It was kinda it was kinda low. Mm. And I was just like, Okay. And then I had another team tell me, uh you gotta you gotta learn how to play the run, and I was like, okay. And then another team told me you gotta learn how to brush the passer. So I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when I start hearing the kind of mixed reviews from teams, I started saying to myself, okay, it, it might not be me. It might just be that it's just not my time, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I can accept that. 
you know. So I'm going to just put in, keep putting in the work, be a lunch pail guy, you know, bring my hard hat to work and just put in the work every single day, day in and day out, and it's going to pay off at some point. You know, you go to the last defensive snap of the Washington Redskins game. You come to the line of scrimmage, oh, yeah. and you know you're going to run a stunt with Khalil Mack. Yeah. It, it, free, it works out perfectly. In all the descriptions of what you just said about people told you you couldn't do, you yeah. kind of put them on display when you do run an organized stunt with a guy that, you know, it, oh, yeah. it results in a sack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that play was just uh, – it was just – it's just kind of cemented all of, all of my work, you know. And we still it's still, it's still early in the season, and we still got a lot to go. We still got a lot to do, especially in this division. But uh, it kind of it was it, I was kind of lost in the moment. I was telling I was telling everybody, you know, uh, all the hard work you put up to to get to even be on the field with Khalil Mack, you know, it's kind of. But it's kind of cool how he gives himself up for for uh, for uh, your yeah. behalf. He can he can give himself up. When <laughs> right. he's, when he, I know I, I know I missed the I missed the sack. I missed a sack. I think uh, I think uh, Prince got Prince got like a hand to the face. It would have been it would have been called right, dead. Right, right. But I missed it, and Khalil got it. So I was like, okay, you kind of owe me one. Or let me let's let's run a little et and let's <laughs> give it give it to me give well, it back it to me. So. All right, I'm sitting here. This is our first uh, conversation with Nick uh, since you and there's a there's somebody that he's just a striking resemblance to. We'll tell you who I think it is when we come back. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, be sure to stop by the Miller Lite Ultimate Tailgate before tomorrow's game against the Vikings, located at the Field Museum. The Ultimate Tailgate, free for fans of all ages, and a great place to stop for food and drinks before heading into the game. Nick Williams with us here in our final few moments of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy here at PNC Studios at Hattlesaw with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. So before the break, I'm sitting here watching him talk. The guy's wearing a baseball cap. He's got a sweatshirt on. But it's it's his facial expressions. Has anyone ever said they remind you a little bit of Michael Strahan? <laughs> now you know the the, the the teeth look a little different. I'll say that. But you have a striking resemblance to Michael Man. Strahan. Am I way off base? Just the way you, while you're laughing and stuff. I'm telling I think, you. I think you way off base, man. <laughs> it, it, I don't have a, I don't have the fingers to be Michael Strahan. Yeah, I know I, his fingers are like <laughs> every yeah. all, man, all jacked up. But uh, yeah. no, nah, I've never heard that one before. Well, That's yeah. a good one. Take though. that That's one to the one. locker room. Hey, yeah. Joni Act thinks you look like Strahan. If he plays like Strahan, <laughs> that'd be great. Oh boy, right? Yeah, that'd you, be real. Good. You know, I was thinking about you, Nick, because you're 29 year old, mm-hmm. and the average um, age of the Bears is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Do you feel young because you don't have, uh, you know, just, you know, you haven't been beat up a lot throughout your career. You're a fresh body. You got a lot, a big future ahead of you, but you are 29 and these guys are 25. Do you seem old in there? No, I don't. No, I, I really don't. I guess it's just, it's just my mindset. You know, it's just like you said, I haven't been beat down for, uh, I came to the league when I was 23, so I haven't been beat down for seven straight years. I missed a year in 2017. So, uh, the football is still is still coming to me. I still got a lot of football left in me. So. That year you miss, man. What what was going on with yourself, and how did you re? You know, it's almost a good lesson to tell kids how they can keep the belief within themselves because you went from basketball to football, mm-hmm. and then football you were out a year. Yeah. Uh, well, that year that year, man, it was kind of I, I had got cut by the uh, Miami Dolphins, and um, I worked out. I actually worked out with the Bears probably like a week. Uh, four of the 2017 uh, season, and they just didn't have a they just didn't have a, a roster spot for me. I think they picked up a, a Mike Purcell mm-hmm. uh, on the defensive line as practice squad. I didn't have any eligibility left, 
so um, then the next the next uh, two weeks went by. Then I had a workout with the Falcons, and I thought I was about to sign with the Falcons. They had kept me an extra day, and I was like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be close to home, you know, close home. So uh, that didn't work out. They had to bring in a wide receiver because Muhammad Sanu went down. And then I was just working out. I just stayed in Birmingham. I just worked out the rest of the year. And then uh, the the scout hit me up from the Bears City, if you know City, hit me up from the Bears and said, "Hey, do you wanna you wanna come in for a tryout at the uh, voluntary uh, workout, like voluntary mini camp?" So I came in, and then they signed me, and then the rest, the rest is, history. is history. It's just crazy. It's the craziest, the craziest story. And I was back with Coach Nagy. I had known him from Kansas City. So it was just a great fit. Well, you know, it's the NFL rosters during the regular season, they're a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you said, I mean, Bradley Sowell gets released last week with the knowledge he's coming back. Yeah. You know, and it's just you do have to trust sometimes. And I know it's probably hard when, you know, you've been dealt with uh, as many opportunities and, and still not able to, to land spots with these mm-hmm. teams that you, your trust level probably is not that high. Yeah. But – I, I think I think you can trust this organization, the way Ryan Pace runs the show here and the way yes. Matt Nagy is, is, is forthright and very transparent. Yes. They're very they're very transparent, you know, uh day one. Uh they, they tell you what they expect from you and they don't expect anything less. And you can only you can only ask that much of a of a head coach, of a of a GM. You know, I just I owe I owe everything to these guys for bringing me in off the street and having that belief in me. Uh, to even go out and put the put the C on my on my helmet, wear a C on my helmet. You and Akeem are like this, huh? That's my guy. Super tight. That's, <laughs> That's what he guy. says. That's my guy. That's my guy, man. That's my guy from day what one. What clicked? Man, it was the first. It was the first. Uh, <laughs> the first mini camp, and uh, I think somebody somebody came up and said, "Hey, should we uh, should we sign this guy?" I was in on my tryout, and uh, during mini camp, and they they were like, uh, they came up to Akeem and said, "Hey, should we sign this guy?" And Akeem said, "Hell yeah." You see his triceps? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, okay, I, I can get, I can get down with this, and that's been my, that's been my guy ever since I've been here. You know, you you figure you're an ex basketball player, your position coach is an ex college quarterback, and you're <laughs> playing, funny. you're playing up and down the line of scrimmage. So the first teams you were at were you kind of one dimensional because it seemed like since you've been with the Bears you've expanded your game from tackle to tackle and every position in between. Yes, when I was with when I was with Pittsburgh, I came in primarily as a defensive end in a in a true three four, you know the old Pittsburgh defense with Dick LeBeau. Right. You know, and that I couldn't and I was a defense and, and I wasn't heavy enough to play <laughs> in hose tackle because they had the year before I got there they had Casey Hampton. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the year I was there they had Al Woods and uh Steve McClendon. Now Steve McClendon's at the Jets. But those were some big guys, it was three thirty plus. And I was about I was about three three oh eight. You'd have been you a know? good outside linebacker. Right, Lamar Woodley, James Harrison. I mean, Lamar Woodley was pretty heavy, but I won't put his weight out there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, um I feel like I feel like this defense just uh fits me well. I can play every position on the D line and I mean it works out. Jay gets at you guys. Jay Rogers, your position coach. I think mm-hmm. from a position change, I think he is, you know, a really engaging coach for you guys to improve on your techniques. He really, he really is. He's a really engaging coach. You know, uh, he he tells you where you need to be, uh, what you need to do, what you need to know going into a game. You know, we, we're always prepared with the X's and O's, and we're all pre- always prepared with a plan. We have a plan in place to uh, to execute and play well. Two He's quick really questions, then we got to fly. What's he unlocked in your game, if anything, yet? And then 
Give us a quick sneak peek here of the Vikes uh, on, on tomorrow. What he's unlocked in my game, I would say just the belief in myself. You know, he's a he's a really good coach. He actually puts me out there on the field in situations, and uh, he has that trust in me. And when a coach trusts you, especially a, a, a individual coach, uh, trust you, uh, you, the sky's the limit for that player. You know, he, he's willing to uh, run through a wall for him. So, how about the Vikes? Man, the Vikes. I mean, we that this stretch is, run game in the cutback, right? Yes, yes. Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's a he's a really dynamic player. But uh, in between the tackles, we have to uh, handle our business, and it's a uh, black and blue league, black and blue division. Rookie center, you know? first starting left guard. Come on! Oh my God, man! <laughs> we can't. We can't wait, man. We can't wait. It's gonna. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a great game, and um, we, we need to start fast. And uh, it's a. It's a must win for us, especially to send a. Uh, send a signal to the division that, that yeah. we're here. Well, we uh, wish you great luck uh, tomorrow, and a great stay here in Chicago for a long time. Hey, will you come back and join us sometime? We'll do. Man. Yeah, we'll get do. you Thanks a whole hour. Me. That was awesome. You're you're a good dude. Good to talk to you. All right, that's going to wrap up our show for Tom Thayer, Big Nick Williams. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Paul Zarang and Dan Barilli. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We'll talk to you on the radio starting at noon on Sunday from Soldier Field. Our pregame show kickoff at 325. Join us on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. That'll do it here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.